Hello, and welcome to Your Favourite Film is Awful, the weekly show where we take your favourite films and defend them against negative reviews. As always, I'm Luke, and with me is Charlie. Say hello, Charlie. How you doing, my man? And, yet again, it's Matt Whittle from Full Fat. How you doing, Matt? For Snyder. (laughs) Snyder. That is all I heard was Snyder. I will accomplish the task of defending the movie in his name. (laughs) <laughs> for dark side for glad Snyder. to hear it <laughs> will you use the, o- the, will you use the old ways Matt ready the armada we will use the old ways send out the hashtags hashtag restore the Snyderverse hashtag Justice League 2 hashtag Snyder's Kingdom hashtag Snare- Sheriff Snyder Sheriff hashtag Snyder. your favourite film is awful Snyder Cut Review podcast <laughs> <laughs> That was like the my plug at the end. Themselves. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, you're not even paying me for this. You're just getting liquid gold. <laughs> <laughs> just in the first two minutes. Beautiful. Uh, we've already got the Snyder fans in. Uh. We've already got them in. The Armada's Armand, the already here to watch it. <laughs> yeah, my my people are here, and um, it is a glorious day for us all. Uh, we've all re- we're all rejoicing um, on the bountiful blood of those who dared to uh, cross Snyder, like the critics and uh, <laughs> and and you know those fake fans um, who, who who disrespected Snyder's vision. They've they've all you know all their chickens have come home to roost now. Let me tell you, fantastic. You know, I almost feel like maybe this isn't your favourite film, and we've only just started. Uh, it is my favourite film of all time, The Snyder Cut. <laughs> oh, okay. Beautiful. Good. I'm going to cut that yeah. out and just stick it on the community post. Of, like, Ask me what my it. number two movie is. Ask me what my number two is. Oh, what's your number two? The Justice League theatrical cut. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's see, we lost to our Snyder fans. Quite close. Now. I was expecting something else, and then Joss Sweden's. No, like this, uh, this iteration of uh, the Justice League in all its forms is like my favourite movie ever. And like, so when people say that, oh, the reviews are in, it's better than the theatrical cut. The theatrical cut was obviously already my favourite movie of all time. So <laughs> I was like, wow, you mean by Thursday I'm going to have a new favourite movie? And of course it turned out to be true because <laughs> it is better than the theatrical cut by by quite a huge margin. Yeah, It is, it is. It's good. But it's we're right. getting ahead of ourselves because like, people are listening and watching and they don't even know what this film's about. They don't know what the Snyder Cut's about. Well, where you been? You've been under a rock oh. for 10, 10 years? Man of Steel, you Who seen knows? that? You seen it when Zod's, <laughs> like, they all go into the penises and they, they shoot up into the Phantom Zone? You remember that? You remember that? Good. Good. That was your homework. Strap in. You're about to lose your virginity to this movie, all right? Zack Snyder's Justice League. Right? That's how you open this movie. With respect, like you would have respect for a Jedi's weapon. <laughs> how many? How many? Like as as shown in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> how many people? I'm just, we I'm just from this from this opening already. How many people? I'm just like, going. Yeah. Look, look. I'm just, I'm just tapping into some like Zack Snyder, Rise of Skywalker, Greg Miller hype right now, <laughs> and you know, I'm just riding the wave. I'm riding the wave, and I'm and I'm, I'm handing it to you. I'm offering it up to you all. I, 
for this for this bountiful gift that is the Snyder Cuts. The Snyder Cuts. Don't you just love saying it? Sorry, I'll, I'll let Luke continue. This is the longest your favorite film is awful intro ever, and I worry I've 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 botched the whole operation. But let's blow this popsicle stand anyway. Nah, nah, no redos. This is it. Uh, I'm I'm always but... dressed. <laughs> always dressed in a beautiful business dressed. suit. <laughs> For those that have been living under a rock. Could you and Charlie, together, united, tell us the plot of this film? Are we not going to ask more specifically this version? No, no. Matt went straight in. There is. I don't care what you've been up to now. The hype train has left the station. We are doing the film, and the film only. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Plot me, boys. Um. So basically, it's a four-hour version of what we got in 2017. Uh, wherein Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, tries to assemble a team of heroes to stop the incoming alien invasion, uh, led by Steppenwolf, who is, is of course, led by Darkseid, who wasn't in the theatrical cut. Um, But to say that this cut is just an expansion on the theatrical cut, I think, would be doing it a huge disservice. Uh, It has a few similar plot beats, but in terms of the character work and the journeys and the tone, it is a wildly different movie, and it's, it's got a lot of heart to it. I'd say... Out of all of Zack Snyder's movies, this is one of the ones that has the most actual emotional core to it, an emotion, an emotional heart. Um, and and Cyborg anchors the whole movie. Everything that was taken out of the original cut that is now put back in is all the better for it. Um, I absolutely love this character. I mean, weirdly, I thought he was the best thing in the theatrical cut, but here he just he cements the movie for me as an enjoyable experience. In spite of all the awful uh, Jared Leto-infused antics in the last half an hour, which I'm sure we'll get to. Yes, we will get to that. Charlie, you get to act like Batman and see what you can add to that beautiful piece of teamwork there. You fill in the gaps for me. Matt stole the show. Yeah, fill in the gaps, Charlie. Do do your part of the plot. (laughs) I I think he's done it. I mean, they, they also go to pick up Aquaman, you know, who's got... A singing choir <laughs> that follows him around. Um, this <laughs> um, is true. Yeah, and also, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on in this movie. Uh, <laughs> and I don't really know how to, how to say any better than Matt just did, uh, if I'm honest with you. Uh, he summarised the what, what we're experiencing here is what Charlie's doing is like the theatrical cut of the podcast. And I'm giving mm. you like the Snyder cut of the podcast. He's giving you the full. So like, you know, it's just longer, <laughs> more bloated, more irritating, less subtle, but ultimately you get more bang for your buck. <laughs> and that's what I'll be doing today as I defend it. Whilst this heathen Charlie Lilly tries to sully the, uh, the immaculate good name of the Snyder cut. I know. I'm going to try my best today to actually defend it. <laughs> um, as much as everyone knows, if they listen to the full fact podcast, that I was not a fan. Um, of this movie, uh, I'm going to try my best today to defend it. So really, yes. See, I thought, um, uh, you know, the reason why I've been coming in with some fighting talk is okay. because I thought you were going to trash it in front of me before my very eyes, and I thought okay. Luke was also. I'm going sure to be it there. will. I'm sure it will pop up accidentally. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Bring it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, th- the aim of this show is to be nice to the film until the end, when you get to trash it. When but you get to say now, you're like everyone's you're, you're on the same side. Okay. It's true. We're all we're all loving the film until the end, potentially. Mm. Apart Cut from the, the chit chat, baby. Let's go to the to the first review. Let's do it. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> I shall. I shall. This is from Joe. It's a one star review. I, I don't want to hype it up any more than it needs to be, but this might be one of my favorite reviews I've ever found, and it's quite simple. 
You look at this and tell me there's a god. <laughs> there's a god. Uh, uh, yes, uh, sir, your honor, there is a god and his name is Sheriff Snyder and he has brought this uh, bountiful gift of the Snyder Cut and, um, you know, his disciples, the Justice League, Superman, Batman, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash... Um, have all uh, come down to give us uh, such bountiful gifts as their spin-off solo movies, which are coming in the next couple of years. So that is kind of like, you know, the continuation of the journey, the uh, the introspective emotional journey that has been begun here in all of our hearts from, you know, the day the, day the Earth stood still could also be surmised as the day the Snudder Cut was released. <laughs> have that. I mean, to, to the fans... Of this movie, Zack Snyder is a god. So, um, and everything I said is just that was what's been swirling around in <laughs> in, a, in a Snyder acolyte's head, I suppose. Exactly. Um, not in your an exaggerated head. version of it. I hope so. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about. Don't lie. That's what you've been screaming all week, mate. Walking around going, "Oh, the sheriff is the greatest alter <laughs> that's ever the made greatest a motion alter of all time." <laughs> <laughs> Did you say this is a yeah, motion picture? This I mean, is a superhero flick that even Scorsese can appreciate. Is that what you said, Matt? Isn't it? As the, uh, well, as the I definitely think it it juggles multiple characters much better than Goodfellas does. Um, <laughs> Goodfellas could probably could probably do with. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna make it. And, <laughs> I'm gonna make it. And, and I, and I think um, I think Snyder's religious parallels are uh, a lot more subtle and a lot more interconnected and interwoven and dynamic, you might say, <laughs> than um, the uh, Christ movie that Scorsese made, or uh, indeed Silence, which was more recent. Um, the Last Temptation of Christ, I believe it is. Yes. Is that yeah. the one, Scorsese? Yeah, I always get that mixed up with the Mel Gibson one. Yeah. Uh, and you're obviously we're going into. The Passion of the Christ, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so like in the in in the Christ movie canon, <laughs> in the Christ movie cinematic universe, <laughs> this this is in there. This is up there, isn't it? So you got the last ten. Yeah, of well, Christ, surely, the Passion surely. of Christ, and you have the Snyder Cut. There's not a single scene in the Zack Snyder Superman verse that's not in some way referencing the fact that he is our Jesus. Matt, if I hadn't seen you drink water, I would have mm. thought that you'd have downed like. Five energy drinks before you came onto the podcast. No, you see, Luke, I've had my eyes opened by the oh, okay. glory of the Snyder Cuts, and <laughs> from henceforth, I shall be known as the son of Snyder, one of many, the children son of Snyder, of Snyder. <laughs> like the children of Thanos. Ready the Armada. We will use the old ways. <laughs> what I love about this is that from now on, I feel like. Anyone listening is got, not going to have a clue whether what you're saying is how you actually truly feel <laughs> or if you're playing the character. Um, and I'm living for it. The character? What character? <laughs> what character? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the son of Snyder. No, look. look it, this review is, is hard to defend against because it is so yeah. short. Mm-hmm. And it sort of implies that we can answer the, the huge, heady existential question of, you know, is there a creator by looking at the four-hour Snyder Cut. And I don't think we'll get that answer because it's just a movie. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, sure, it seems like this guy didn't, didn't like it. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. 
Well, did you get this from that Christian okay, site so, that you had been on before? Where we get uh, no, I did not. This this was oh, no. just a generic review site. Okay. Um, how about a different review then? A slightly longer one that you'll be able to argue well, a little so I can, more, so I can sink my more coherently. I will now answer this one completely seriously. No, no banter. I'll, I'll be completely honest about how I feel. I am expecting so much smoke. <laughs> this is from Pat Brown. Oh, so this is an extract from a longer review. Just putting that out. Uh, our heroes stand firm by the time the epilogue rolls around. But the world of the film seems none the brighter. At all moments, Snyder's imagery threatens to degrade into the kind of indistinguishable grey mass that the real-world scientists say awaits our universe. And at its entropic endpoint, if this all sounds dull and oppressive, that would almost seem to be the point. Prominent among the changes that Snyder has implemented relative to the 2017 version of the film that features cuts and reshoots overseen by Joss Whedon is to remove much <clears throat> of the fun that the Avengers mastermind inserted into what turned out to be a dour, proto-fascist vision of mythical violence exercised in an utterly fallen world willfully unconstructed and empathetically stationary Zack Snyder's Justice League could be taken as an international travesty of the superhero genre if only it weren't so tortuously <clears throat> tedious wow wow can um, you can I you tell that, that guy... one came from a critic <laughs> <laughs> um this one was too long and too detailed i'm not ready for this i'm out here <laughs> <laughs> I need, need a happy middle ground between reviews. Uh, no, um, listen. The 2017 Justice League is fun, and you might be able to say it's more fun um, if if you were to define fun as you know a lighter tone and sillier and more jokes. It is more fun, but this does feel like a true sequel to Batman v Superman and Man of Steel mm. tonally, and it feels like it it's the same characters as as what was established in those first two movies, whereas. In the Joss Whedon theatrical cut, it, you can just tell that the MCU has come crashing into the Snyderverse, and those two do not mix. I, you know, yeah, no, not at all. The theatrical cut is, you know, there's some good scenes, there's some good fun scenes and fun moments, but whenever it, it, it feels incongruent to the tone that's been set up in the previous DCEU movies, it sticks out like a sore thumb and it doesn't work. So for me, mm. before I went into the Snyder Cut, even though I knew it was four hours and I knew it was probably going to have some like bloated uh, reshoot scenes and maybe a lot of slow-mo, 10% even, mm -hmm. I, I expected it to be a more cohesive and therefore more enjoyable experience. And it was. Mm. And I want to give this movie more time of day from the off compared to the, the theatrical cut, because the theatrical cut has the same problem as saying like Rise of Skywalker, where it screams that it was made by a committee. Mm. Whereas mm. this, for all its faults, and it does have a lot of faults, as much as there are things I like about it, it is still a four-hour blockbuster involving some of the most iconic superheroes of all time, including Superman and Batman, and it's framed in 4-3. <laughs> and it's four hours long it's four hours long like the fact that it so exists long. is incredible the fact that it exists on top of the story of you know everyone going of course it doesn't exist and the fans being like no we're going to campaign for it we're going to go through blood sweat tears and 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 parademon blood just to get there 
what an incredible story, both in the universe of the movie and outside of it. No, it's true. It, but yeah, no, I think it's interesting. Like, even though we were joking earlier about saying, you know, the alter Zack Snyder or whatever, but like, if you look at this movie, I mean, he, I mean, it kind of is a, a, an alter's vision. I mean, whether you take that as a positive or a negative, I mean, alter theory. I, 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 I mean, it refers to someone's vision being told on screen, one single person's vision. And, you know, I can't not sit here and say whether I liked it, whether someone liked it or not, like, this is Zack Snyder's vision. Mm. And um, mm. it's 100%, like, out of all the superhero movies that we get, and obviously, like, the Marvel movies, um, as much as I love the Marvel movies, I mean, people can say, like, they look very similar, and obviously, like, Kevin Feige's looking, mm. you know, he's, he's, he's over the top of them all. Whereas, like, you watch this... It's. It could only be made by Zack Snyder. Do you know what I mean? It could only be made yes. by Zack Snyder. And and there's something about that, isn't there? There's something to that. There's something. There's something really bizarre about watching this four-hour superhero movie that treats it like stuff really seriously. But like, it does it all for the fans. The fact this is what the fans wanted all the, this whole time, and they got it. It's a. It's a complete fascinating. It felt like I was watching an experiment almost. It was a. There yeah, like about, it is cinema history. Yeah, yeah you can't deny it. Whether you want to, you know, whether you, that makes you hurt inside or not, like it's <laughs> it is. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, it, C- cinema history brought to you via streaming. Yeah, in mm. four free, in four fucking free. Yeah. Who would have thought you'd see Batman in the same like aspect ratio as the Grand Budapest Hotel and the Lighthouse and swearing <laughs> and yeah. R-rated what? and four hours? Like, it's just pure. It's pure Snyder, like you said. And uh, there's something mm. to that. There is something to that. Whereas before, obviously, the original Justice League, it was a bit of a mess. Obviously, it was two people's visions completely opposite of each other. You have Weed mm. on the one hand, who's very upbeat, likes these kind of jokes, likes these, you know, uh, very, like, zinger dialogue. And, and then on the other hand, you have Zack Snyder, who likes everything dark and moody and everything has to have... a some sort of deep and and meaning and some clunky-ish dialogue. But, but I do think this movie was a lot lighter in tone than the previous DCEU movies he's done. And 100%. Even like, you know, most of his other movies. Yeah. But it didn't feel like a betrayal in tone. Do you see what I mean? Like, it felt like mm. the natural progression from Batman v Superman. And also... Yeah, 100%. I, mean, I agree with that. In hindsight, you can see why, you know, for people like us who don't like Batman v Superman, I think it just cements what's wrong with that movie in, in that... I don't like Batman v Superman because it feels like an extended trailer for a Justice League movie. Yes. It doesn't really feel like it's a Batman or Superman. It's sort of set up so in this clunky manner for them to fight when you know they're eventually going to team up. And, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, what's going to be, what's going to become of all these emails and all these metahumans and the metahuman thesis and, you know, what is Lex Luthor going to do in the future and all this sort of stuff. Whereas this is actually the story you feel like Zack wanted to tell. Yeah. A story he wanted to tell, like someone like Cyborg, you can feel the passion for that character coming off on screen. You can feel the passion for, for even a character like Superman, which I know a lot of people like are, are critics of uh, Snyder Superman. I think he delivers a really great Superman here. He actually delivers the best Batman he's ever delivered. He doesn't kill the whole movie. If, if, mm-hmm. if he does kill, it's Parademons, which... I give a free pass because they're yep. basically undead. They're monsters. Yeah. Um, no, not and I also thought it was weird that he added that scene at the end with Jared Leto where his Batman explicitly says that he won't kill him as if to sort of re-establish the no-kill rule with Batman. I wonder if that was very deliberate to sort of kind of retcon, yeah. you know, all the, you know, 
quote unquote, as, as Zach said, manslaughter in Batman v Superman, which was just outright murder at the hands of Batman. Like he just flies over those trucks and just like completely plows through them. Yeah. Uh, which is why I but, can understand why said, this reviewer said it was like pro-fascist kind of thing like because of that stuff like that batman just murdering people uh, but it is, yes. it is like you just reminded me about that scene with the joker at the end because what's kind of weird about that is it's like well surely the only point you would need to kill is that guy that's the only guy you really need to kill like if you're gonna kill someone that's the dude to do it to not these random henchmen but but anyway i guess he's trying to <laughs> he's trying to listen I mean, to the fans part of it's gonna be that. sunk part of that's gonna be sunk cost fallacy He's spent so long not killing the Joker and let so many other people die. Then to kill him now, it'd be like everyone else died for nothing. I think he just really, really does want that reach round that Leto was offering in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's, think about it. He's in the apocalypse. Who has he got? So he's got like Cyborg could jack him off, but he's got a metal hand. That's going to hurt. Deathstroke, they used to be enemies. So there's no trust there. You don't, you don't trust what he's going to do with his pain. He might chop Enemies it off. Enemies to love. Well, isn't it, according yeah. to the sequels, he's been bumping uglies with old Lois Lane, hasn't he? Well, yeah. In the unproduced sequels, it was <laughs> supposed to eventually turn out that Superman's son was actually Bruce Wayne. That He was the biological father. Weird. Ah. And I, I have to say, I wonder what, what Snyder's core fan base would have thought of that because that is a, a big deviation from the comics. And I wonder what the general audience would have thought. I don't think that would have been popular um, and I think it would have been hard for Snyder's fans to defend that one. So just a weird creative choice, which I am glad didn't end up happening. It seems like in this movie, they've kind of canonised, I, I suppose perhaps because we're not going to see the Snyder DCU ever again, that Superman and Lois are pregnant and it is his baby. There's like an ADR line at the end when they get the house back where Bruce says something like, congratulations, by the way. And then obviously we see a pregnancy test in Lois's drawer early on in the movie. So I think they're tr- kind of implying that or, or at least the baby that would um, that would come about in that nightmare future. But since that's not going to happen now, just just give them the happily yeah. ever after. They had the baby. Is it know, that the pregnancy test has a really weird name? Is it like false something? <laughs> mm. something yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, but I do agree with you with Cyborg. That is like my takeaway from this film. Like I was like, I want a Cyborg solo movie. All the Cyborg stuff was fantastic. Like the Zack Snyder yeah. Cyborg movie out there. It's phenomenal. I mean, there's quite a lot of that in this movie. It's, I mean, mm. I just love that he was this kind of like Frankenstein monster created by his dad. And he had this really interesting, complex relationship he had with his dad that I was like, I kind of want to see more of this stuff the whole time. I was like, this was really good. Yeah, he I took just- a character that I was the least interested in. In part because I know the least about that character. I, yeah. I, I never really watched Teen Titans as a kid. Um, you know, like I'm more of a fan of like Batman, Superman, um, the Flash, that kind of that kind of era. Um, so, but but having said that, I was excited for Cyborg immediately from the trailers, even all, all the way back in 2016. I was like, okay, visually they've made him look very different to Iron Man. It feels mm. like he's got sort of a different kind of depiction of his abilities. That seems interesting. But now to finally see in the 2021 Snyder Cut this awesome story where yeah, out of everyone in the league, I guess he is the most broken and the biggest underdog while simultaneously the most powerful. Like you don't see any mm. of um, mm. his sort of like wider powers in the 2017 cut. But in this, awesome. like we see that he could, you know, he could cause nuclear strikes. He could, he could shift around all the balances of power in the world. He could, you know, he could make people rich, make people poor. He could, he could do so much. And the way that he can interact with our interconnected world is, is fascinating. 
great bit of texture to the character that you could easily spin off into its own movie. One hundred percent. Yeah, it was a fantastic character. Fantastic. I agree, and and like you said, like for a for a, like coming off a film like Batman vs Superman, which was a very cynical movie, to then have mm. a scene. Well, it's been quite a lot of time with someone like Cyborg, where he's giving this lady who's struggling with rent some money in her bank account. Mm. Like, just I, I just that did really surprise me from Zack Snyder, and it was the stuff that I was like, "This is really good." Uh, this is, and, and yeah, it's a, there's something about this movie that there's some really good stuff in it, and there's some good scenes. It's it all it's all too long, but at the same time, like we've said before, Matt, it's like this was the chance to chuck it all in. The, the fans wanted it all, so why not? He just chucked it, everything in. He chucked every single scene he could think of in. And they absolutely, you know, they've, they've gone bananas for it. And that's, I, I, that's interesting that you say that, though, because obviously you say on the Full Fat podcast that you still need to judge it as a movie, as a four-hour experience. Do you still yes. feel like that? Uh, oh, okay. I still think you should judge it as a four-hour movie, yes. Uh, I still think you should judge it as an experience. But I do think, I do think there is something interesting, like the more I thought about it, in the... The fans cried out for this, and how can I put it? It's like I understand that they ha- he had to give them everything he had. If he had all this stuff, you know, he shot this stuff with Green Lantern. You know, he, they, mm. they, they might as well if they've been given the money to do it. They might as well. But my argument mm. to that, and what I was trying to say on the Full Fat podcast, was like, yeah, do that, but still try and make it a good story that's <clears throat> that's tight instead of just yeah let's just chuck this in because this is what the fans want kind of thing um yeah does that make if that makes sense um but like it's one of those weird things though isn't it because it it was created by the fans yeah in in a in a a bigger sense than ever before like even more so with like batman v superman and man of steel it's not like like batman v superman couldn't get away with having a trailer for the next movie in its runtime because it came out at the cinema and it was trying to grasp a wide audience and it wasn't just for the fans yeah but this is genuinely just for the fans. You know, my mum is never going to watch the Snyder Cut. It's four hours long. Mm. But she might watch, like, WandaVision, for example. It's accessible. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's in a half an hour format. Yeah. But this is completely for, at the very least, your average superhero fan. You can't just be, like, a bystander of cinema to watch the Snyder Cut or to even know what it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, like, you, 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 might, you might see, you know, the new Justice League Cut come up on uh, on Sky Store or whatever over the weekend but if you're not in the know why would you think it's, 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 it's there's no more precedent to it than any other director's cut um, mm. so so this is something that was that was made for the fans top to bottom and that's why it has so many weird extraneous scenes that don't need to be there but when I watch them I, I sort of I try and think if this came out in 2017 and this had been the Zack Snyder movie it would have been two and a half hours and it wouldn't have had that horrible half an hour block of like weird scenes like Ben Affleck meeting Martian Manhunter and like just looking like he doesn't want to be there so I I try not judge it for those things but also just as a package and as an experience that I got something from in my you know miserable little life there were bits that I really enjoyed and I really did did feel the heart and, and, and and it mattered to me and I got like you know an experience that I want from a movie and then it also had the so bad it's good angle of, you know, like the next day I, I came over to you while you were working at your computer and I just played you the part where Ben Affleck meets Martian Manhunter and we were like cracking up. Because yeah. you can clearly tell they got Ben in for a day behind a green screen and he's just like, yeah, well, uh, really <laughs> glad that you're here. Just uh, just so happy that you're here, Martian Manhunter. Yeah, well, we're going to have to stop Darkseid. Like he just yeah. does not give a shit. 
and that's hilarious. And 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 even the bad stuff, the, even the grimy stuff, is still getting brighter. <laughs> the Snyder Cut. <laughs> I kind of know what you mean. I mean, as much as I complained on the Full Pack podcast as well that you know there was loads of slow mo, and like we said, like we found out now that it's, yeah, the ten percent of the movie is slow motion. There is something about this, like. This is Zack Snyder just like, I'm just going to make everything look as awesome. In like, in a way that, there's a, the only way I can sort of describe him is like, in a similar way to how Michael Bay can be at times. In terms of, you know, he's he's making every look thing look so awesome, almost to like his detriment. But it's, there's a part of me that can't help but laugh at the ridiculousness of it. It's just mm. difficult because there's, there's, there's a really... I find it really difficult. There's something really weird about this movie and it's that, you know, you've got to look at it with the lens of it's from the fans, but then I've also got to look at it as it's a movie and I've got to treat it as no other movie. But then also it isn't like any other movie because of the circumstance. So it's yeah. a, there's this weird, you know, there's this weird like conflict I have about the, thi- the, the film. Um, and I'm, that's why I'm But because quite- you're on the show called Your Favourite Film is Awful, you're going to discard all of that and <laughs> just defend the movie. That's true. Because <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> It's true. It's true. <laughs> for dark side, for Luke side. It's for true. Luke side. It's true. I really want to Photoshop um, Luke just like this part of your face onto like dark side, <laughs> and then Charlie can be Steppenwolf. <laughs> Indeed. Um, uh, to very quickly, I'll be Batman. Your... I'll be Batman. Oh, okay. okay. By <laughs> Barely want to be there. Uh, I'll take the bullet. I'll bite the bullet. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is because you mentioned when you were rega- uh, talking about the review, um, the Joss Whedon theatrical cut and the different scenes. And I've not watched the Jacks, the, yeah, Joss Whedon. Is that his name? Joss Man, Whedon. it's been so yeah. long I've forgotten his, yeah, yeah Joss Whedon. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. So I watched that when it came out, uh, maybe a couple of months after, but that was three years ago, basically, four years ago. There is nothing in that film that isn't in the Zack Snyder cut that I miss. Nothing. My audio cut out for mo- most of that. Um, I yes, don't know if anyone else had the same but experience. I, I had the same thing. But <laughs> I don't I, know I, what most of you were saying. I'm sorry, mate. I feel like you said something about there's nothing that you miss from the yes, original Justice that is, League. Is that right? That is exactly what I said in the few words. that's kind of true. <laughs> I mean, there's, other than a couple of hmm. lines of dialogue that Whedon brought to it, nope. in terms of scenes, there's nothing that missed. I mean, I do think that this blows the other one out of the water in terms of you know it's completely coherent it's mm. a coherent story and it it fleshes <laughs> it fleshes it, it fleshes out a lot of characters it fleshes you're, you're in the you're in the back seat with Zack Snyder you both drive in to Pacific Playland and you're like oh the Snyder Cut totally blows my mind it's so good it's so fun <laughs> exactly I, you know I've got no Zack Snyder played by Woody Harrelson Exactly. I've got no qualms of Snyder. You know, I like I like the Dawn of the Dead. I like Watchmen. I like <laughs> Three Hundred. You know, I, I I like those movies. I just did, yeah didn't like Batman Superman very much. But I'm gonna defend this one, Luke, aren't I? So I'm gonna say good, good. That That's what I like to hear. <laughs> I'm gonna say that I did think that they he fleshed out a lot more of the characters. Um, like Matt said, I think Batman is the best he's been. Well, Ben Affleck's Batman is the best he's been. Um, mm. I also think that the Flash. I had a lot of fun with the Flash. I think the Flash had some really cool stuff. Um, yeah, some really good gags. I really liked Urza Miller as the Flash. Um, I think they. 
I really like how it kind of felt like to me because the Flash is so overpowered, really. You know, the, to have super speed mm. like that, I mean, there's that you know they, that creates a lot of problems as a writer, I imagine. But I did like that they kind of made him this <laughs> young. Yeah, I mean, I, I I did like that they made him this young. He's only got five minutes to disable the bomb, and he's also got to do this. Ah, oh, shit! No way, he's got super speed. Ah, <laughs> to add something else in. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but Wonder Woman do this and easy. Superman both basically have super speed as well. Oh no! And he's got his mate Superman in the script as well. He can do it as well. Oh god damn it! What am I gonna do? I know. We'll have one lone parademon. We're on a turret. <laughs> we'll just shoot at the Flash. That that will screw up and for somehow the Justice League. He'll hit him. But yeah, no, I did like I did like how they made him, you know, a bit younger, a bit more sort of immature, and I like that they kind mm. of implied that that was the flaw that was allowing him to get hit by the parademon with the big machine gun thing. Yeah. <laughs> because He's less think, headstrong, isn't he? Yes, because I think if he is headstrong and that, if he was more like back, you know, a, a more wiser uh, Flash, I, there's no way I'm buying that he's going to get hit by anything else. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I like that, you know, he still feels kind of young with his powers and yeah. he feels like he's still trying to figure out what's going on. And I and I, and I thought that was... I like that in a room full of people that are so sure of themselves. I like that we had this character yeah. that wasn't as much. I did like that, I must admit. I just think mm. Steppenwolf missed a trick because him and the Parademons would have won if they'd have had a guy on their team who had a boomerang. Because, like, Captain Boomerang <laughs> could have easily taken out the Flash... So it's true. I just feel like they they messed up. Can you imagine if Jai Courtney just turned up? <laughs> his own, his only weakness is boomerangs. The Flash, because he doesn't predict <laughs> that something could come back and hit him. <laughs> he, he's dodged it once. He he doesn't realize yeah. he's got to dodge it again. Yeah, it's too late by then. <laughs> <laughs> right, should we have another review? Yes. Sounds great. Good. I'm glad for that confirmation. <laughs> right. This is a, a slightly longer one. Um, I would say interrupt me as I go along, but as we've established in this new format, there's a bit of a delay, so don't. Uh, I've sent you the the reviews so you can read along yourselves. This is from Conchu Knight and goes as following. Trash. This movie is try-hard garbage. You thought it would be better? Same old poopy potato if you like this movie you smell like <laughs> fart and you need to lose weight Ray Fisher more like paint sniffer Superman sucks Affleck more like fat sweat <laughs> Batman sucks Captain America is better Aquaman haha imagine your favourite superhero is a guy that walks around with an oversized fork and smells like freaking tuna <laughs> But imagine thinking DC can be better than Marvel. You nerds. CGI monstrosities. Jared Lyder's Joker. Ha ha ha. Trash. If you did not agree with this in-depth analysis... He's, he's not wrong. He's not, he's wrong. not wrong. He's not wrong. Uh, if you did not agree with this in-depth analysis, not you're, like you're allowed to disagree, of this four-hour snooze fest, then I'm sorry to inform you. Ray Fisher is not the only cyborg. You're a cyborg as well. Programmed to consume product. And it gets excited for next product. Seems like I am the only objective, non-biased person around here. Zero out of ten. Terrible movie. 
First, I, well, I, sorry, I just love. I just have to jump in there. I just love that he said I'm the first mm. non-biased person yet. Also, went on a rant to say that Marvel is way superior. So obviously, oh, yeah, yeah, he has yeah. got a bias. Yeah, I'm completely weird. unbiased, but Captain America is better than Batman. I feel like I can kind of smell the person who wrote this review. Um, they seem very pe- pent up and. Uh, and, and angry at the world and at uh, Zack Snyder and superheroes in general. Um, and, you know, like, poor Mr. Affleck. What has he done to deserve this? Ray Fisher, more like paint sniffer. I mean, they're not, even, they're not even good Rex. They're not even good Rex. I mean, I'm sure Ray Fisher is not shaking in his boots at this review, thinking, wow, they've, they've really got me there. And he's rung up his mate Affleck, and obviously Affleck's in tears. He's in bits. Um... <laughs> Aquaman, haha, imagine your favourite superhero is a guy that walks around with an oversized fork. I mean, to be fair, the first good wreck of the review, he does walk around with an oversized fork. What does yeah, he, ba- like, he call Batman again? What is he uh, call- so we've got Affleck, more Batman? like Bat Sweat. Bat Sweat. <laughs> well, yeah. to be fair, I could, I could understand that with the other justice league because he did look like he didn't want to be there and he was in the reshoots and he couldn't quite fit into yes. the batman suit as he did before um but in this movie i i, don't, I think he was uh he looked like batman <laughs> he looked he looked the part was my the... my favorite uninterrupted segment of this of this um review is jared leto joker ha 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 trash if you did not agree with this in-depth analysis that is like <laughs> perfection nah. point yeah that should be the title yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah like obviously now that we're done with the joke review we'll be getting on to the serious reviews uh, oh you didn't like conshu knight i thought that was a great review personally no i, I think conshu knight uh needs to work on themselves Look at themselves. um i don't know with that type of thought maybe you smell like fart and you need to lose some weight I as, mean, I'm not untrue. Why do you keep us off the shave on before there. every podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, these opinions stink. They stink <laughs> glory <laughs> and victory. I sound like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> stink of <laughs> Snyder's vision. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we have a bit more of a well put together review? Uh, so no, this... I prefer one like the last one we got, just over and over again. So, oh, so I just do Conchu Nights again? Okay. Uh, trash. <laughs> this movie is Try Hard <laughs> No, no, no. This is from Eliphas. It's a three out of ten. It's two paragraphs. So, oh, three paragraphs, so I can even pause. Movie just plain sucks. It's no surprise it's four hours long with how little respect it has with the viewer's time. With all the garbage slow motion, unnecessary close-ups of mundane objects, weird musical hero introductions, and tell the show dialogue. Can I stop you there? Dialogue. Can I stop you there? Yes. Wonder Woman's musical introductions are awful. So I completely bad. agree with that point. Um, I don't know why yeah. you would take the awesome, iconic Wonder Woman theme and strip it out of most of the movie and replace it with this oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it was just, so weird like, yeah it, it, it might have been cool like once or twice but every single time she does she does anything it was like beyond parody uh, particularly by the time we got to the finale and it was still going on it was just like yeah. oh come on who, who who in the edit didn't call time on that idea yeah it plays so much nobody and not even nobody that. Calls I mean 
I mean, literally, the music in general, like, mm. randomly playing, like, Nick Cave, like, mm. and stuff yeah. like that, like, these really moody, like, musicians, music, like, playing over the top of, like, fucking superheroes. Like, it, and I think mm. it's, it's weird when that happens, because it's like, it, it looks like the movie's taking itself seriously than it should be because of that movie that music, yeah. the, the, those music choices and it kind of lets it down because mm. I'm like if you kind of upped up the fun and like that like Matt said like that Wonder Woman theme like why just, just give mm. you the Wonder Woman theme and everyone loves that theme anyway why doesn't why do you just keep the I don't know it's strange choices yeah I think that's on the, the only sides. thing Sorry. that's miss, missing that's from the Joss Whedon cut is uh, Danny Elfman's score because he scored the theatrical oh, and then yeah. it was another guy yeah, but in this I, I one. didn't, I didn't really then... love Danny Elfman's score. I thought that was so overrated. I thought the fact that he'd put in like a little bit from the Tim Burton iteration of Batman and the Chris mm. Reeve Superman theme, it's like, so what? Like These are rebooted characters. They're completely different. I think yeah. it's kind of a, a bit lazy to bring back the older mm. theme. I oh, know. I was just going to say that in it Superman's was a bit more case. concise and it, it like... It, it felt more that the music was the same tone throughout whilst I would in agree this with that, one yeah. you had some like uh, the, when Aquaman walks into the waves mm. and you have that like be, be a king song and then another one where it's slow-mo and it's got this lighter hearted song and this other scene where it's just death depressing and like it felt it felt like how a writer like listens to music to write scenes and they just take any song and put it together to make a screenplay but mm. there was nobody like no person getting this and making sure they all matched for this version if that makes sense i didn't mind it so much and i also i i, I take this over like the kind of boring ho-hum superhero cheer music from the mm. weeding cut um and and also i particularly take this score just for all the um the Man of Steel like motifs sprinkled around. Oh, that's like, true. I did like that. Mm. The second half of the second act, like when they decide they want to resurrect Superman, they're all going around the table, and his theme starts playing, and when he picks out his new outfit and all those kinds of things, great moments. But it also yes. makes me feel sad for Wonder Woman because I think they kind of butchered her her role in the movie. Just if not only because of the music, yeah, um, but because she had nothing to do emotionally. She's just like going from plot beat to plot beat going, oh, here's the background on Dark Side, by the way. And then she gets like one or two action sequences and that's it. Mm. It's a but shame, I mean, did she have more to do in the Joss Whedon cut? Well. She did have more to do, but that cut also kind of sidelines Cyborg's role and, you know, in favour of this kind of weird Bruce-Diana romance. So I feel oh, like yeah. no matter which cut you get, you're not going to get great Wonder Woman in Justice League, unfortunately. Mm. But she's got two solo movies, so... This is true. (laughs) Uh, Where did I get to? Oh, yeah, weird musical hero introductions. Uh, And tell, don't show dialogue. I stopped at the two-hour mark because I was so bored that barely anything happened. And the only thing to actually happen was this Amazon versus Steppenwolf fight that's extremely similar to the original movie. And some Olympic gods versus Well, yes, of course it's extremely similar... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's that you can't criticize the movie for being too similar to what was you know cut into the uh, into the original version yeah that's weird that's a weird thing to complain yeah. about isn't it because it's like mm. that like was if, him so it's like yeah yeah it just and, means and if it that happens Zach... to be very similar to the original cut it's only because that was what was intended yes yeah. so you can't judge anything that like makes 
the new cut look worse or better because of what happened in the theatrical cut. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. it's, it's, it's a fugazi, it's fugazi, it's fairy dust. Fairy dust. You know? There is only <laughs> the Snyder Cut! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I just some do all this for Charlie's benefit. No yeah, one at I'm home is it. enjoying it. No one at home is <laughs> laughing. It's just all for Charlie. Not even Luke's enjoying it. Look, Luke's look at his poor little face. He's having a terrible time. He's thinking, let's get this guy off. Uh, <laughs> Why do we keep bringing him back? Uh, <laughs> Why do we keep bringing him back? <laughs> no, no, no. I love you. It's fine. It's the delay I hate. <laughs> Um, where was I? Oh yeah, and some Olympic gods versus dark side mumbo jumbo. I am definitely not planning on seeing the rest of this movie. So that was the first paragraph. What did you guys think of dark side in this film? Like, because his I think he's actually in this version. You yes, he was definitely in this version. In fact, I would say that he was in the present narrative, and he came to at least one attack. Uh, I don't know if you guys (laughs) agree or disagree with that. But I definitely would say that he is in the present narrative and he definitely comes to one attack, which is, you know, obviously more than the theatrical cut in which he wasn't in the present narrative and didn't come to one attack. Charlie. <laughs> uh, I would also you agree can't just that, nod. Matt. I do this is agree also that he's also in the present narrative and he does come to one attack. <laughs> and this is know, just for Harry. If on the... F- of course, because, you know, if, if I was someone that was, you know, had recently guested on the Full Fat podcast... And I'd put down a bet against, you know, someone handsome like, oh, I don't know, Matt Whittle, me, uh, <laughs> that the Snyder Cut would not have Darkseid in a substantial role. I think you'd lose that bet because he is, of course, in the present narrative and does come to one attack. <laughs> Lest we forget that he puts a helping hand on Man of Steel stock footage Superman <laughs> when Lois is dead. And uh, he also spears Aquaman with his own trident. Overall, I really liked his role in the movie for those reasons. <laughs> it's true. And he, he does have a substantial role. I mean, he literally is the motive behind Steppenwolf. Everything that Steppenwolf does. Yeah. He has wishy-washy one-dimensional motivations. Like, you know, I must find anti-life. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but that's yeah. okay because he's kind of the emperor to Steppenwolf's Vader. And, and yeah. I imagine in the sequels, they would have fleshed out Darkseid's motivations and his backstory a little bit more. Um, but for the purposes of this movie, this first sort of setup in a trilogy, I think Darkseid was fantastic. He looked great. He was awesome in the flashback sequence. It was great to just get that as a fanboy treat, if nothing else. And he made Steppenwolf better by comparison. Mm. That's true. And I so think that's something that we've not really delved into too much, actually, is Steppenwolf. I think Steppenwolf is one of the other characters that got a real upgrade in this movie. Mm. I think mm. um, he's night and day better. I mean, from the design to um, his motivations, he actually was an actual character rather than, you know, an archetype that's just there to move the plot along, you know, just a, a baddie mm. to punch. Whereas this, you know, I mean, he still is that, but he, at least this time, we understand and we sympathise, like, to an extent with him you know he's he's trying to prove himself to dark side and i i do always like those villains that are kind of a bit like uh they have something to prove they have like a chip on their shoulder i always like those kind mm. of that are flawed they're not perfect they're not dark side they're not the ultimate evil being you know there's there's yeah. a there's a weakness to them and that's and well, I, it, I, yeah that's that is it it gives yeah. them that vulnerability doesn't it yes. when you see on his face yeah. When he hears, no, you've got 50,000 more worlds. You know, the dude genuinely looks heartbroken. And you're thinking, 50,000 worlds? That is ridiculous. It's a bit over Mm. the top dark side. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Don't stop being such a drama queen. Just let the man go home. 
for five bloody minutes. It's true. Just so he can hug his grandma or something. Do you think those <laughs> eyes were intentional? Because I don't remember the eyes being quite so blue and clear in the original. They they really emphasised it in this one. I feel like and like yes, you... I feel like top mm. to bottom he's had a complete redesign. I mean the yes. armor, the yeah. face, like it's all completely different. The motivations, it's it's a completely different character yeah. to the twenty seventeen version. Yeah, <clears throat> the only thing that remains is that he's after those three mother boxes. Yes, well, much like the ship of Theseus, you know, what remains of the original <laughs> Steppenwolf, everything has changed to the point where, you know, is it still the same Steppenwolf? Some might argue they are Ooh. the same Steppenwolf, but some might argue they've always been two completely different Steppenwolves. Mm. <laughs> also, special mention, the part where a little girl asks Wonder Woman if she can be like her, and she says something like, you can be whatever you want, was so cringe and dumb. I get the cringe message that they're trying to send, but come on, of course you can't, you dumb girl. She was born with damn superpowers. It was so stupid. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, the meme of, can I be anything I want to be, Diana? No, you can't be me. I am a god, you silly human. It is hilarious, but obviously, you know, it is nice that Snyder included that moment in Wonder Woman's introduction. I feel like perhaps more her than any other character in the justice league they have like kind of a, a distinct connection to children in the same way you know like a character like doctor who is often framed um through how children view them view the character i think wonder woman is definitely definitely similar um and obviously she is an inspiration for you know young children everywhere so that, I, I liked that i liked that little moment and obviously you're not meant to take it literally you're not meant to drax the destroyer it and go uh, wait a minute, Snyder. Uh, that little girl will never grow up to be Amazonian and be able to lift, um, you know, a car. So <laughs> I'm sorry, little girl, but you're not going to live up to your dreams. Like, you know, come on, like, let's let's stop splitting hairs here. All right, it's been a hard year for everyone. Let's just, let's just cut everyone a break. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I now I, I'm now just wishing that that Drax was in the scene saying that. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> she can't lift car? Don't be silly. <laughs> <laughs> the girl's like Steppenwolf looks like a butt. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And the last line is everything in a stupid AF four by three format. Which you'd spoke about before. The the formatting, the lovely black squares on the side of our <laughs> film. I kind of love it and hate it at the same time. <laughs> yes, like it's it's awesome as we said that like this four-hour R-rated superhero movie is is in four free. And also, when you look at it, you have to like kind of remind yourself this isn't in four free really. It's just I've got extra. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. if you could see a little bit more of my frame right now, and for some reason there were black bars and you're watching me for a square, it'd be the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like yeah. you're getting. It feels like you're getting less this cut off. off, but really yeah. you're getting. More here. Did you like my like visual diagram? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, no, it's true. I it's, think it's just what I feel find weird about it is obviously it's a format for the IMAX screen, mm. Um, mm. and I just obviously that's the way he wanted it to be shown. But surely there he could have thought maybe for the TV, general people wouldn't care as much. But like you said, Matt, it's it's everything's still there. But what I love about it is just that like yeah, it adds to the story, doesn't it? It adds to this bizarre story. That is the Snyder Cut. That not only mm. was this superhero four-hour epic made by this director <laughs> who made you know Batman vs Superman. Yeah. It's also in four by three. There is something 
so bizarre about that. And yeah, I love, yeah. I kind of love. It just adds to it, doesn't it? Yeah. There's something so yeah. strange. And I just, I don't know. Like I said, it's weird, but I'm kind of, I kind of love it. Because it's so, because of that reason. <laughs> it's going to be weird, like, watching Man of Steel and BVS. And then, like, if you were to marathon it into this. Oh, suddenly we're in 4x3. <laughs> like, imagine the Infinity War in 4x3. <laughs> The Infinity War now the in 4x3. Infinity War. Well, imagine <laughs> Infinity War in black and white, which is what we're getting with Justice League. You could now watch all four hours again, but in black and white. Black and white. That is, like, do you not think that's the newest, like, cheapest move that they're doing now? Like, one, like, was it Logan did it or mm. Fury Road did it first? One of them did it first. And then all of a sudden they did it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, Fury Road did it, and now everyone's just like, yeah. All we yeah. do is stick it back in Premiere. We chuck a chuck a black and white <laughs> yeah. filter over the top, and they can buy it separately as its own thing. Like, yeah, it's insane. It's insane because to, to it's, shoot it's in like black and white, barely new content. No, because what's weird about it is like to shoot in black and white. Truly, like you need to like light the scene for black and white. I mean, obviously you can put black and white over it, but like obviously like films like Clerks and stuff have put black and white over the top. And it wasn't intended that way, mm. but. I mean, if you want to shoot in black and white, I feel like there's got to be a reason. It's got to be shot and lit for black and white. You know, you've got to be a reason. Yeah, you, you want, want like hard lighting, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I would agree, apart from the fact that we live in a digital era where you can do it all in post. It's the whole CGI that versus is true. practical effects. It's which one is better. But it's like, not going to look as good as something that was like bespoke with the lighting. Is, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, that, all, again, yeah, that could be said white. with practical effects versus CGI, though. Like are in, you say, like um, people, you could easily say that a practical effect, uh, where it's literally exploding, for example, or, or mm. blood is actually hitting a window, will look better than a digital effect of blood hitting the window or something exploding. But but I think the difference is the intent between like a practical blood splatter and a CGI blood splatter might be the same, and it might be you know dictated by budget and restraints whereas you know to go into a movie and film it in black and white you know and purposely go for those those hard shadows and, and that contrast because you care about the movie being in black and white is a mm. far cry to being like oh let's just digitally change it to be black and white and even if you could do a really good job it just comes off so cynical and like such a cash grab i'm sure you know maybe some directors that have, have reimagined their films in black and white do really care about that experience but mm. it just screams like, oh, let's do a quick 3D conversion after Avatar came out. Quickly, yes. Clash yeah. of the Titans, it needs to be yeah. in 3D. Does it? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'd say I agree. Yeah, it it depends on director and movie. Because, yes. yeah, as you've just said, some people just throw a 3D element onto it whilst others film for 3D. But I feel mm. like like um, David Fincher is an example because he does a lot of his digital work. I feel like he would be a perfect example of someone who could film in colour and then digitally change it to black and white in post. It's not really the strength of the filmmaker, though. It's more just, like, the intent and the fact that, like, if you go into it, you know, wanting to make a black and white movie, you're obviously going to make different creative choices before you even enter production than you mm. would. You know, the fact that Justice League is... is it's meant to be in colour, isn't it? It's mm. not meant to be in black and white. That's just, like, this uh... weird extra thing... It's not meant to be in black and white, is it? Like they, they would have. I mean, I wouldn't know, say it was in, it, it black, in black and white, white anyway. I'd say it was it's like a black dark cyan. Nope, cyan's blue. <laughs> but do you know uh, what I mean? Like it's, it's even at best with Snyder's washed out colors, it is meant to be a film that is experienced in color. Like Superman does not benefit from being in black and white. He is a red and blue boy scout. That is literally the point 
Mm. Superheroes uh, in this film. Color, nine times out of ten. But also, I think it's like the intent. You know, like Mank needs to be shot in black and white because he's he's playing ode to those films of the time. Like the script is written in the format of the films of Citizen Kane of of those films. Like the dialogue is the snappy, the way we're cutting and transitioning between scenes. It's all purposely there to create a tone and a mood, a feeling. Like the black and mm. white is not there just to you know just to be cool like, to like black it's there to tell the story that mm. needs to be told and i think like what matt's saying or matt's trying to say is like it's weird it's weird to just slap it on when it's not it's not intended necessarily to be to look like that you know it's it's not adding anything to the movie other than oh it's cool it's in black and white kind of thing mm. um but then to go off that with the whole it depends on the director and produce like production company behind it this is mm. so snyder to put it on because it looks cool yeah, no, it is Ray Snyder. <laughs> so, like, it is if anything, we've worked it back round to being like, no, it fits. <laughs> it, it definitely speaks to Snyder's commercial instincts, which I yes. think infect his filmography far more than people like to admit. Do you, mm. know, you know what I mean? Like, people like to often characterize him as this like auteur that that goes after like the comic book accurate shots, and, and you know, in reality, he is more than happy to chuck in a pop song and yeah. some poor green screen just to get mm. the shot. It's true. I mean, I would agree he's with that. He's a showman. He's a showman. Like he, I would he agree includes with that trailers if... for the movies in the next movie. He includes a trailer yeah. for the next movie in every movie he makes. Yeah, we've seen that from Man of Steel right to to Justice League. I mean, in fairness, with that, you've got Warner Brothers and DC behind him being like, "Hey, make sure you set up for the next film. We want to make a Marvel Cinematic Universe." So, like to some extent, you you can accept that he is going to add those little trailer beats. Yeah, but the blase way in which he did it became infamous you know like the emails all the yeah symbols the, it, and, yes and, and, and <laughs> this movie i would argue pushes it even further because there's in, rather than the emails having like a story reason as bland as they are in this mm. one you just cut to it like Cyborg <laughs> is inter- interfacing with something to resurrect superman suddenly and then you just see a trailer for justice league two and three like lois lane is dead superman's cradling her corpse you know dark side's fighting aquaman wonder woman's dead just just flashing it all up in front of you and then we cut back to the scene um i actually started cutting down and playing around with scenes the other day uh, because I was uploading a video uh, for the Full Fat Podcast, so I needed some clips from the movie. And mm. just for shits and giggles, I cut out all of the trailer stuff from the Superman Resurrection scene, and I personally think it plays way better. Rather than mm. all this, like, sequel baiting, Cyborg interacts with the interface, Flash runs, you get all that resurrection. The resurrection is important enough of a story beat that we don't need all this extra stuff thrown in. Just, just It's about the present narrative. It's about the present narrative and coming to one attack. Those things are very important. References. I love it. <laughs> uh, I feel like now is a good time for us to do our actual reviews and re- like get rid of all the smoke and all the, the happy-go-lucky faces you've been pulling and actually tell the people how you feel. <laughs> yep. Who's going first? Matt, you going first? Yeah, Matt goes first. Sure, He's the sure. guest. Um, well... Zack Snyder's Justice League is definitely it's it's in my top five superhero experiences of March 2021. Um, <laughs> of course, number one would be the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The opening episode was fantastic. It was a perfect so blend of action, comedy, uh, heart, and uh, and drama. 
and it was everything I'd want from a superhero story, the perfect continuation of Captain America's legacy, um, and it's given us the chance to see Sam and Bucky in a whole new light with new characters and just a whole expansion of their backstory. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited to see where the series goes and indeed to see how it how, how, how Sam Wilson picks up the mantle of Captain America. It's going to be great. Uh, but this is also good. I enjoy Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League. Um, I think as a movie and as a journey uh, all the way back from 2013 to now, seeing this movie sort of rise from the ashes and on HBO Max in, in 4.3 in all its glory, I can't help but smile. Um, well done to the fans for getting it, getting it out there. The ones that you know have been above board about this and haven't been douchebags gloating <laughs> about their victory like I, I've, I've seen that enough on the internet in the last couple of weeks and you know seriously just just to those people you won there's no need to be a sore winner you got yeah. the snyder cut like bask in its glory it's fantastic it's fantastic this has happened um and you know good on Zack snyder for closing his or at least in some way getting some closure on his story yeah it's a fun movie i enjoy it. i don't know if i would watch it any given Sunday because it's so long but mm. if you want to strap yourself in for an epic uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and, and, and I look past the horrible reshoot scenes and the things that clearly could have just been trimmed in the edit this is Zack Snyder going full Sheriff Snyder this is his last <laughs> chance to blow his load on everything we've got Superman we've got decapitations we've got Green Lanterns we've got apocalyptic futures we've got batman meeting jared leto we've got deathstroke we've got lex luther jesse eisenberg we've got it all we've got <laughs> granny goodness we've got the sard we've got dark side we've got steppenwolf we've got parademons you know we've got pregnant uh... lois lane we've got the promise of a whole dc universe to come while simultaneously admitting <laughs> metatextually that this is indeed the end of snyder it's <laughs> it's it's an incredible feat of cinema cinema <laughs> cinema incredible right well um i i've tried to hide it but uh i don't think i've been very successful i don't think it was very good um i think it was much better than the joss whedon one however i still think it's a it's a coherent movie but it's not a coherent good movie in my opinion i think it's a bit of a mess i think it's a bit like it does feel like at times that Zack Snyder, as much as you know, I got respect for I got a lot of respect for Zack Snyder. Um, it does feel like he's smashing his action figures together at times. Um, I do feel like I mean the cyborg stuff was fantastic. I thought that was brilliant. I really like that. I like the Flash stuff. I do believe there is a two hour thirty cut that is a good movie, um, but I'm judging it off the four hour cut, and I do not think it is a good film. Um, I found it very slow. I felt it built up to a finale that didn't quite deliver on its action even though we spent a lot of time setting up these characters setting up all this you know this bigger momentous occasion of fighting Steppenwolf for them to just sort of kick his ass a little bit I feel like um I, I it never really felt like they needed Superman they kind of beat him up pretty easy um in the first time they fought him uh and then the, in the finale it, it it just kind of was like oh we need to get him back because um so that it, and like Matt said, there's a lot of things where there's just there's just trailers chucked in, um, but you know the fans got it. This is what they wanted, and uh, I mean, fair play to them. Look, I mean, Luke, it's not Luke, what I want to see. Your head. But, but, yeah, is it, do you do you, do, you, do you really like the movie? Do you really disagree with Charlie? Yeah, I actually liked the movie. I'd say the only oh, really? thing I agree with with both of you actually is the length. Is it's too long? But I've stated multiple times on this podcast that. 
I don't think a film needs to be like over three hours. Like most films don't need to be as long as they are. And I mean, you heard I'm, it here first, Luke. It's not about length. Oh no, <laughs> it's not about the length. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, very quickly, I did enjoy the film. I th- agree with you guys that it's too long. Um, it destroys the Joss Whedon cut. Uh, but then it's destroyed the Whedon <laughs> cut is destroyed. <laughs> Glory, hail be Snyder. So <laughs> 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 we're getting through it. We're getting through it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. It, I thought it was a good story and it was fun and well told and as you guys said they threw in everything because this is it this is the last hurrah well done to the film am I going to watch it again probably not it's four hours it's most of a day for most people <laughs> so I'm good uh, but yeah uh, Matt thank you for being on do you want to plug again your podcast and then plug your YouTube show uh, yeah so um, I make uh, video essays and it cool edits on uh, full pack videos the youtube channel you can also um follow the podcast on most podcasting platforms like spotify uh and the youtube channel the full fat podcast where we post cut downs and um video podcasts and justice league nightmare scenes as post credits that's kind of blown up this week check it out it please well get done. me to a million um <laughs> Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram at full underscore fat underscore videos where I post digital art and uh, photoshops and edits. Um, I'm losing my voice. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at full fat videos, I guess, if you want to shout at me and tell me I suck. You can, you can tell me I suck on, on any platforms. Yeah. It's not exclusive to Twitter. <laughs> it's just normally on Twitter. And Charlie, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us at Twitter, on Twitter, at... <laughs> Fab Film is Awful. You can find us on Instagram, your favourite film is awful, and Facebook, your favourite film is awful. And if you listen to the podcast, check us out on YouTube where you can find the video versions of us talking um, on your favourite film is awful. So just yeah. subscribe, click the bell, do all that jazz, and yeah, tell us how much we suck as well, um, if you want. Or how great we are. Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, say your favourite film one. is awful is awful. You could do that if you want. I don't know. Or your favourite film uh, is awful <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> Either yeah, your favourite your favourite film is awful podcast is awful. Ah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, this has been quite the little adventure. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. Snyder! 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 <laughs> 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 <laughs>